Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM and on that beautiful Raiders mobile app. Good to be back. And we're brought to you by PT's Taverns. Wow. Golden Knight fans, you've been at PT's because they're an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And you were rewarded. And you already get the rewards inside PT's. But if you went to that victory, that comeback victory, you feel great about it. Also a reminder, the saucy, smoky, and fall-off-the-bone tender. It's always McRanch rib sandwich season at PT's Ranch locations, a fantastic place for lunch. As you know, it's the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 to midnight to 2. Happy hour is amazing, especially with their beverages, their local beer. I love it there at PT's. They fuel the monologue, and they are fired up because as a partner of the Golden Knights, we're talking about the Golden Knights today. Hope everybody's doing well coming off that victory last night. I had a few couple big days here with Coaches versus Cancer, which is what I do every year. I get lost with Coaches versus Cancer, and we raise over a million dollars for the American Cancer Society, and that kicked off Sunday, uh, two days with them out on the golf course and meeting a lot of people, having a great time. DJ Allen from X's and O's of Success will recap that with me next hour. I feel real energized when I'm involved with a great team. When I'm involved with the Raiders and what they do behind the scenes with charity, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Same with the Golden Knights. Coaches versus Cancer, this has been my eighth year emceeing that event. And it was just great to see so many coaches in town that I got the chance to golf with, hang out with, and talk about different aspects of life and how we're raising money for cancer research. So. Really fulfilling. I feel refreshed. Great. I was just in New York. I was in New York over the weekend. Flew back to uh, see some family, which was very rewarding. First time in 18 months I was back in New York in my hometown where I grew up. So that was good. And now we're ready to roll on one of the biggest nights of the year in sports. And it's not all Raider talk today. We'll cover the Raider Nation here in the monologue. But the NBA leads with LeBron versus Curry tonight. That's the story in sports. And it's, very, it's a very unique topic because a lot of people that I talk to one-on-one, and especially last two days with a bunch of guys and some gals out on a golf course drinking beer, talking sports, and the majority of them tell me they don't watch the NBA. And I look around and I said, whoa. I go, I watch the NBA. This is what I do for a living. And I happen to love the NBA. But a lot of people are checked out. They don't watch it. Do it. Try the experiment. With your friends. Just try this. Go into a PT's, go into a bar, go anywhere in your backyard, six or seven of your friends, and say, what do you think of the NBA? Oh, watch out. It goes around the horn, and it is not very kind. Now, the gamblers here in Vegas like it because they gamble on anything, so they'll gamble on the NBA. But a lot of fans don't like the NBA because of the attitude of the players who took the regular season and just threw it away. The NBA no longer cares about the regular season. And that's going to have an adverse uh, effect on any sport. Now, you can't do that in the NFL. The Raiders can't say, hey, man, we don't care about the month of November in the regular season. You can't do that. 
You can't do that in hockey. Hockey players grow beards as they get ready for the playoffs. Every game and every shift for a hockey player is do or die. Puck can hit you right in the face. Could be the last game you ever played. You could be getting stitched up between the second and third period with 14 stitches over the bridge of your nose. Those guys care. NBA doesn't. They don't care. But they do care about tonight. So tonight we have a play-in tournament. What the hell is that? Oh, a play-in tournament is when you take the losers, the teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs, and then you give your television partners a money grab because your television partners are pissed off that you didn't give them a good product, and they say, hey, man, we're getting screwed. Kevin Durant never plays. Kyrie never plays. Harden's been hurt all year. LeBron's been out. Anthony Davis missed two months. We need more television. And they say, oh, we got it. We'll come in with a loser's bracket tournament, and we'll put it on TV. Think of that concept for a second. I grew up with two sons playing sports. They would play in baseball tournaments. If they won, it was great. If not, they'd go into a loser's bracket. And moms would come out and make lunch and give them juice boxes, and everybody would take pictures and get ice cream. And the same thing would happen. You sit there and go, oh, you can win, kids, but you're going to have to win through the loser's bracket to get back into the winner's bracket. That's all this is. This is an iconic bleeping money grab, and you're involved. So, again, I'm going to get to the Raiders coming up here, Raider Nation Radio, but I do a big talk show, two of them a day, five hours a day. This is what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about this because this game is must-watch television in Vegas. In Vegas, people really don't care about the uh, Raiders' 85-men roster and who's going to make the team right now. I do. That's my living. But everybody in this city today is running to a sports book or to a bar to watch this game tonight. And it's between LeBron James and Steph Curry. The winner of this game... Gets to play Phoenix, which isn't easy. Phoenix is really good. The loser has to take on the winner of San Antonio and Memphis just to survive. I mean, would it be interesting? This is a really tough topic for me because as a sports talk radio host, we're coming into the dead zone of sports radio, which is the summer. And there's always something big that happens. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in the driveway, Barry Sanders retiring. There's always something huge that hits in the summer, and we don't know what it is. Well, the same thing here, but the NBA playoffs is going to be interesting to me because I need to know from you if you're going to watch it. I never usually ask that of you. I don't care what you watch. You don't care what I watch. I got a Netflix account, Amazon Prime. I watch sports, but, you know, I I don't care what the ratings are. I don't have a ratings box in my house. No boogeyman knocks on my door and asks me what I watch from 7p to 11pm. They don't know if I'm watching Jimmy Kimmel or a late night show. No one knows what I watch. I would hope not. I don't want anybody infiltrating my house and my TV knowing what I watch. It's a scam. But this NBA playoffs is all they have left to save the sport. Will you watch it or not? Very simple question. 702-365-9200. I would watch it. I will. I'm on the radio tonight during this. I will talk about it. But will you watch it tonight and make it a priority? Because it used to not be a priority to have to go out and watch sports. You just knew when it was on. When Magic played Bird in the NBA Finals, you knew it was on, and it was your life. That's all you cared about. Michael Jordan played in the NBA Finals. You watched it. Now I don't know who watches anything. So simple question. We have open phone lines. We should never have an open line when I'm on the radio, by the way. That's not me being cocky. That's me doing this 25 years and knowing how to do a show. 702-365-9200. Are you watching this game tonight? 
LeBron versus Steph. We're on in the Bay Area. Bay Area fans should be listening on the Raiders app. How important is this game tonight for Steph's legacy? Because LeBron and Steph's legacy are beautiful. It's solid. They're first ballot Hall of Famers. But if Steph can take out LeBron tonight and make LeBron go to an elimination game, oh, that's good. That's really good sports. So I want to get into it, 702-365-9200. The Raiders texted with Coach Gruden, kind of get a feel for what's happening there. 85 guys showed up, full capacity, everybody's bought in, everybody's excited to go. Now some tool will text it out and say, JT thinks the glass is half full. Yeah, I usually do. I work for the team. I'm not negative about the team. I don't root for the team to go through bad times. I want the team to be very successful. And from what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing, the turnout is great. The young defense, all the work they can get right now under Gus Bradley with new players and rookies that are signing. The time together with these young players and second-year and third-year players is invaluable for this young team. So the big issue becomes the guys who haven't stepped up yet. The players who have not played at a high enough level and Vinny Bonsignor wrote a great piece on this. I'll make sure I tweet it out again. Vinny's been putting out some tremendous content on the depth of this team that a whole bunch of new guys came in, new young guns, as I like to call them. They're rookies. They're babes in the woods. They've never played. And you know what's great about it? These two, three-year guys who have been here have basically been told, these guys got your jobs if you're not going to do your job. If you're not ready to play, we got 13 defensive tackles and ends who will take your job if you're not ready to go. If, if you're a secondary player, John Abram, who's posting a lot of videos of him swole and working out, which is great. You want John Abram swole working out. Damon Arnett, I'd rather see pictures of him playing football than some of his other pictures, and it's great. Everybody now knows they know that Gus is in town. Gus don't know you. He don't care about you other than the fact if you can play for him. Okay, so that's really what you need to know what's happening here over the next couple of weeks. Gus is meeting everybody in the building. Gus is lining them up correctly. Gus is telling them that this is what I have planned for you. Make the team or not. Gus is staying. Gus already made the team. He's the defensive coordinator. The other guys who have been marching around Vegas with or without a mask on, now they're on the clock. So who's going to make the team? I got a depth chart that's as long as I've ever seen. This is my 23rd year coming up with the team. I really dive into the depth chart in the offseason. And there's a lot of players that I'm not that familiar with yet. How could I? Can't get in the building. Well, you know, There's still some COVID rules that are happening now. It's not like it used to be. Go up to Napa, sit out there for three days. See everybody in practice, talk to George Atkinson, talk to Mark Davis. They're pointing out players to me. Now it's a little bit difficult. Now we got to figure out who's going to make the team. I have a general idea of who's going to make the team. I, I can tell you all the starters now. I can tell you the positions that are up for grab. But a Raider Nation, are you excited about what's happening? Because we're really looking for more from the 2020 draft class. COVID and injuries really hurt those guys. Now they have an opportunity to prove themselves to Gus Bradley. So I haven't been here in a few days. I'd like your optimism of what you're hearing now with the rookies coming in, rookie camp, and players voluntary coming in when everybody was freaking out about players maybe not coming in and players going to blow off voluntary sessions. Doesn't seem the case here. It seems like John Gruden's in a great mood. They like the players that they have. 
They know the depth that they have. They were very active in free agency. Wow. I mean, the Raiders bringing in Casey Hayward and Yannick Ngakwe, two out of the 11 starters, that's a nice number. That's a nice number because you knew the linebackers were going to be the same. And you know that some of the young defensive players in the secondary, such as Trayvon Mullen, John Abram, they weren't going to move. They were going to be out there. They're not cutting those guys. And then they brought in new players in the draft on the defensive side. And then you got Alec Leatherwood, who's telling anybody, I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to kick ass. He's a Raider. Leatherwood is a Raider. I wish more Raider fans would clean it up and accept this guy as a Raider. Why is Alex Leatherwood going on podcasts and going on appearances telling everybody that he'll make sure he does well for them because he has a fan base that's disappointed in him and he's never played a game yet? What the hell is that all about? Are we done criticizing the pick of Leatherwood until game three, four, five, six, or 11? Can we get behind this kid, buy his jersey, say, man, the big man. We got Leatherwood. Man, he's a big man on the other end. He's the reincarnation of Bob Brown. If you know who that is, let him play. Let's get behind him. Let's be encouraged. There's been so much negativity. As Bobby's shaking his head back at me. So much negativity around this joint in regards to an 8-8 eight eight team. Not a team that won four or five games. Should have won ten. Went through COVID. Went through hell with a lot of injuries. And then took some of the money. On the offensive line, which I told you I thought was a bit overrated, not Tom Cable. He gets the most out of the guys he has. He rarely has anybody to play. They're always hurt. And they sprinkled that money, sprinkled those gold coins over the defense because you were blanking and moaning about the defense constantly. All you were doing is calling this show complaining about the defense. Defense can't stop anybody, JT. Oh, really? Well, they just went and spent money on defense. But they had to take it away from the offensive line. Got it? There's a plan in place. I heard Vinny talking about this on his show as I was driving back yesterday. And Vinny made a really good point. He talked about the Raider plan has always been in place. A plan that I've been preaching to since Gruden came back and told me his plan. Which how he was going to bring in new players with his vision to retool the team in his liking to get to a point where they're at now. Problem is, there's been some players that they drafted that haven't lived up to their billing. And those guys are here, and they're going to be here. And they got to shine right now. So I think there's some great news coming out of Henderson. Everybody that I'm talking to on and off the record are thrilled. They like the team. They like the leadership. They like the coaching. The coaching changes. Carr's only going to get better. All the weapons seem to be on the same page as Carr. And we all know that the defense is better. So that's the monologue. Let's do a radio show now or just hear me talk for the next hour and 45 minutes, which I don't don't even enjoy. I'd like to hear from some of you, use guys out there at 702-365-9200. Jump on in. Q in Vegas. How are you, Q? Hey, JT. It's Hugh. Hey, Hugh. Go ahead. Uh, I want to tap in on your NBA comments. Um, You know, I grew up with the Berry Brothers, Mm long-time Warriors fan. Back then, those guys were playing. If they couldn't start, they wanted to be the six, you know, the best six man on the bench. Nowadays, these guys have such huge contracts; they don't care. They don't care how well they play because they're locked in for hundreds of millions. And 
and they're using their, their platforms for political purposes instead of focusing on what they're supposed to do. Well, we can't, we can't judge. We can't judge an African-American basketball player for talking about social injustice. I can't go there. Oh, I, no, I think no, any, no. any athlete who wants to talk about their passion for social injustice and try to help the world change, they're going to do that. And I, I don't comment against that. That is their choice well, to do that. Completely agree with that. It's just that it doesn't seem like the heart is there with mm -hmm. these guys anymore like the old school days where those guys, like you were saying, bust your nose, get stitches, go back out and play. It doesn't seem like that. Um, that's really my point. Is it, it seems like it's become too much of a prima donna situation, and that's really lost a lot of, a lot of uh, fan base. Well, you know, you make a good point. The really big issue that I have, load management's been exposed, right? So load yep. management, you can't load management anymore without being called out on it. So if you're Kyrie or you're Kawhi and you load manage and take nights off, people are going to see it and they're going to talk about it. But what's happened this year in the NBA, and a lot of it has to do with COVID and coming out of COVID, is the players who are injured and now are recovering from their injuries won't play until they deem themselves 100%. When basketball players for the last 70 years have played at 80%, 60%, guys used to play hurt. They played through an injury. They didn't sit collecting two hundred and fifty to 400000 a game and take an extra night off before another off day. It's ridiculous. Exactly. I agree. My point. Thanks for the Thank time, you. JT. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Always appreciate you checking in. 702-365-9200. Yeah, I mean, the NBA is a bigger topic than anything tonight because they have a game that's very important on TV, which is a test. You know when, maybe you've done this before, wink, wink, maybe you knew you were going to do, do good on a test. Maybe it's because you had the answers to the test. Maybe you knew you were going to do good because you were good in that class. So you knew the test was going to go well. Well, that's what the NBA has tonight. They have a test with their ratings, and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be the Warriors and the Lakers. The ratings are going to be great. So they want that because what they want to do is after they get the good rating tonight, they want to use it as false propaganda to tell everybody that the NBA's back, man. Look at the ratings. We did great. Well, wait a second. You played a play-in tournament with the Warriors, who won three rings, the defending champion in LeBron, because both those teams were injured all year and didn't play up to their expectations, and now you're congratulating yourself for getting people to watch this juice box AAU tournament game tonight? That's what they're going to do. I know this. I know what's going to be in the news tomorrow, a day ahead. And they're going to congratulate themselves and do a victory lap tomorrow night and tell you how great this game was. King in Vegas on 920. How are you, King? I'm good, man. I'm just out here working, man, listening to you guys Thank on you. the radio, man. Appreciate it. What's on your mind? Not much, man. Just uh, wanted to talk about my Raiders, man. You know, I ain't gonna lie. I was one of those head scratches with the Alex with the Leatherwood pick, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm ready. You know, I'm not doubting the man. You know, let, let him prove himself. See what he got. You know, I'm all behind him. You know, hundred percent Raider Nation, baby. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, you get behind him. I appreciate the call. I mean, it's not much of a call. It's just I'm behind the guy. I guess I, did I ask for that? I guess I asked for that, Bobby. I got to tone it down a bit. I'm worked up today. I've had a couple of days off, trying to get the voice going. A few cigars, a couple of beverages out there. Southern Highlands, Shadow Creek. Oh my God, the two golf courses we played Monday, Tuesday were fabulous. Had a great time there, and now ready to go. I was on the radio last night on Sirius XM, and every phone line was packed on this LeBron 
Curry game. So that's why I led with it today. But back to Leatherwood and what they're going to do. I was talking to one of the greatest Raider fans who ever lived, still with us, the great Raider Mort today. We talk almost every day. And Mort said to me today, he goes, you know, JT, he goes, that right side of the line, James at center, good at guard, and then Leatherwood, whoa, that could be a little bit dicey. And I said, well, Mort, you've seen the greatest Raider teams of all time. Three Super Bowl teams, great teams, you would know. But he did say something positive. He was encouraged with the defense. Also, when we come back, another topic that we're going to get to, Raider ticket prices. Ooh, a lot of people whining about Raider ticket prices. We didn't think we'd build this Death Star in gorgeous Las Vegas on the Strip. Did you think there were going to be a bucket of free tickets outside? Do you think you were going to go to the gas station and swipe your credit card and get two free tickets to a Raider game? Have you been in there? If you haven't and you get in there, there are no freebies. People over the years, the Raiders have been so kind to me over the years in Oakland. JT, can I get a pair? Can I get a pair? I'm coming in. I'd like a pair. Yeah, I get you a pair. It's Oakland. I get you a pair. We're okay. There's no freebies now. Now, who are the Raider fans who are going to keep their tickets? Because we're watching. We're watching. They know. Raider Nation looking at those tickets and they're cashing them already. Raider fans flexing, going, man, I can get a, I can get fourteen hundred a ticket for Baltimore. Okay, you see the crypto market today. You see the crypto market crash today. Taking investment advice from guys who do wacky, stupid sports videos. You're taking your investment advice from those nuts. Good job, Mike in Vegas. Look at Vegas stepping up today. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good. How about yourself, boss? Doing real good. Thank you. Hey, I just got a call. I'm one of those guys that got a season ticket. Mm-hmm. Diehard Raider fan. I, I get people are upset. I'm going a few games, make a little money on the side. You can't complain when people work hard. Get yep. these tickets. I understand they're pricey. I mm. saved a lot of money. But my ticket prices, if I'm selling them, they're fair. And I just want people to have a good time. And That's also nice. with the Leatherwood, man, he's a winner. Alabama? Enough said. Like, Raider fans, the real Raider fans need to stop hating on them. Stop hating on them. This well, guy's a winner. Let me ask you, Mike. You, Mike, you notice this. You're on social media, I'm assuming, Facebook, whatever. Yes, you, yes, know, you know when they put up a video of a guy like this or, or they talk about him, and Raider fans with their own Raider nickname who are public, yes. they're not hiding or taking shots at our guys. And our guys on this team that we want to see do well, that's unacceptable to me. But, look, I don't control people's social media accounts. They can do whatever they want. Hey, JT, I just say it like this, boss. They haven't been on the field. They don't know how it is. They can say all they want mm-hmm. on social media, the comments. That man's built to win, and we need to be surrounded by him. I can see this team going, what, we got another game now? 11-6. and six. We got to make the playoffs. This year. Yeah, I feel ele- we gonna- Eleven and six is tough. I mean, I don't see him at eleven and six. I think a ten-win season is, is uh-huh. good enough to get in. Eleven schedule's mm-hmm. tough. I'm going to go over the schedule. I, we have. I had yeah. my conversation with Eric Allen. We're going to replay that a little bit later on. Okay. It's it's a it's an easier schedule than last year, in my opinion. It's a little bit yeah. easier because last year was a gauntlet. Yeah. But the Raiders had easy that. games. The Raiders had easy games down the stretch last year, and they flamed out in them. And there's not a lot of easy games down the stretch this year. I can tell you. No, nah, we, we're what? We're number eight in the toughest schedule yeah. I just saw yesterday? Yeah, it's, it's ranked between some analytics anywhere from two to six or two to eight in degree of difficulty. 
death, taxes, and the sun coming up and setting every day, and the Raiders getting a difficult schedule. I haven't seen a time where their schedule wasn't brutal every year. And I look at it, and this year, I think the schedule is manageable to have a good season if they can stay healthy and play well. And you got to play well, and there's a lot of games there that I think are going to be pick em games, that the Raiders are going to be underdogs in, that they can keep those games close, and because of the depth that they have and the explosiveness of the offense, win games in the fourth quarter with Derek Carr. I mean, we all understand that this is Carr's year to win, right? Carr's year to be a better quarterback than he's ever been, which he's been great at that. Carr gets better every year, in my opinion. He had that 2016 almost MVP year. He suffered a big injury. And Derek, in my mind, continues to get better. He gets smarter. He's more comfortable in the system. And this is going to have to be the year that Derek becomes a superstar in the fourth quarter. He's going to have to do things that great quarterbacks before him were able to do. And, and Derek's had plenty of comebacks. I mean, look at the stats compared to car comebacks, compared to Stabler, Plunkett, and Gannon. We know what he's got. We know what he's got. But the point becomes, can he do it in big games and do it when he puts a team on his back? Puts a team on his back. And I think he's closer to doing that than he's ever done before. He's the type of player now that has to do that. When we're talking X's and O's, we're talking Remy Martin. We team up for excellence with Remy Martin. I love Remy Martin. I had a sidecar over the weekend. They are our official partner here on Raider Nation Radio. Remy Martin wants to remind you that when you're celebrating one of your team's victories, and it could be the Golden Knights, make sure you celebrate with the Remy Martin Cognac. Remy Martin VSOP 1738 and XO are all teamed up for excellence. Are you? Remy Martin. Team up for excellence, and when you go to the Raiders Tavern and Grill over at the M, you'll see the Remy Martin private room, the Remy Martin bar that overlooks the pool. Remy Martin, fabulous partner here as we kick off the show. Good to be back, 702-365-9200. Really excited to talk to a former Raider safety, Dan Land. Had a really nice career with the Silver and Black. He's going to join us next. Mostly special teams, but he started at safety. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Raiders are kind enough to give us an alumni on Monday and Wednesday, and we're always pumped up about that. Brought to you by the M. We'll tell you that on the other side. Kalena Azabuki, who covers the Warriors as their analyst in the Bay Area, will join us. DJ Allen from X's and O's of Success, and Gary Lawless on the Golden Knights. Big show today. They saw me as good enough to be the 17th overall pick, you know what I mean? So I'm more than excited to get to the program and um, and prove them right. Not necessarily like prove the haters, the people who made all the mock drafts and all this stuff wrong, but to prove myself and the Raiders organization right because I'm thankful and grateful for them. Leatherwood, excited to have him here. I'm excited to have him here as we continue. You just heard... Steph McKenzie say we're brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Boulder Highway in Henderson, the super deals you're looking for. Frank, who is a diehard Golden Knights fan, is excited that the Golden Knights won. They are back in the series here, and he appreciates what we do every day on Raider Nation Radio. If you're looking for an award-winning Hyundai, if you're looking for a luxury vehicle, 
any vehicle. All you have to do is go to the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson, and get what you need. It's so easy you could buy a car off your phone. It's that easy to go through their app. We appreciate everything they do for us here on Raider Nation Radio. We're waiting on our guest here in a moment. A Raider 562 joins us in Long Beach. What's happening? Hey, how's it going, JT? Doing well. Thanks for calling. All right. Um, I just wanted to touch on, man, I'm excited about the direction that we had it in. Um, I think, you know, uh, definitely with Leatherwood, I think that was a a good pickup. Um, I'm sure there was a a lot of question marks, I guess you could say, for some people. But, you know, I actually actually was looking at him um, and just his toughness uh, from the beginning. You know, um, I think uh, he's going to be a good fit. And, you know, just like people had a problem with, you know, the other linemen mm-hmm. who picked up <laughs> once before, now you look at him, get an extension on his contract and everything like that, and now everybody's a fan of him. Um, I yeah, I mean, he has, he, has spe- he has definitely pressure on him because he was taken higher than most everyone. Most everyone, other NFL teams and mock draft experts, people that are very knowledgeable had him going, which – is a fair criticism, but I think he was a first-round pick. He's a first-round player coming out of Alabama. Did they take him a little bit too early? Probably, but he has the ability to play at that level for a long time here, and he was a stud in college. So I'm hoping it was a good pick, and they thought it was their guy. For Tom Cable to say that was the highest player on the board and for Mike Mayock to reiterate it, you could tell the organization was on the same page with him. And that's what I mean. You know, that's good enough for me. When you get Mayak saying that, you know, hey, they were everybody was in Greens and everybody had that guy, and they they all agreed upon picking him. I, that's all I needed. Yeah. You know, um, it's something that they saw. Now, as far as uh, the offense, I think we're going to be. I think we're going to be great. It's going to be time. This time we have the people in, and it's going to be a lot of uh, competition. I think it's time for players to step up. Um, a lot of people that don't talk about one player that I, I really like is uh, Edwards. Mm-hmm. I think Edwards is uh, uh, underestimated. I, I think he can be a big, big, big target. Um, and with Carr, I think Carr just have to give his receivers an opportunity to make a play on the ball instead of, you know, tossing out of bounds like he does sometimes and, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think he has to give his, his – uh, his players, his wide receivers, an opportunity to make plays. Yeah, I, th- I think he's doing that. I think he's going to do yeah. that more. And I don't think you're going to see Derek, you know, giving up on plays and throwing the ball away. I think you, what you're going to see with Derek is him tucking and running more, the ability to run more on third and six instead of throwing a 50-50 ball or taking a shot on a big play. I think that Derek's going to do more of just seeing an opening where there's going to be 15 yards in front of him and he's going to run for a first down, slide for a first down, and get a new set of downs. That's what he has to do to become elite. I think he's very good to become elite. He's got to run for more first downs and keep drives alive. And I think that's what keeps him from being in that great conversation. Um, Just the the fact of him not taking it to that that level and and, and, – you know, doing those things like you just said, you know, and that's what keeps him out of that. Because I, I feel he's a great, uh, a, a good quarterback. I just think there's some things to his game 
that he definitely needs to touch on and, and, and picks up. And I hope, he has, I hope he does that this year. Yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think he'll do that. I mean, Derek is progressing. He is a very young player in this league. He's still a very young player when it comes to the position. When you look at the position, he is a young player who is in the early portions of his prime. If you look at Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, if you look at all these players that have been around a long time playing into their late 30s and 40s, Derek is right where he needs to be. But Derek has to play better in bigger games where he's going to have to win those games. Think of all the games that Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson win, and they go win it. Derek can do that. His comeback ratio is very strong historically in the history of this organization and the lead in the fourth quarter. But, again, he's playing on a non-playoff team. He has to do that more. When Rodgers and Mahomes does it, they're already on a playoff team. They're already going to the playoffs when they come back in the fourth quarter. Derek's got to do it, and he's got to get the team to the playoffs. There's big pressure on Derek this year, and he can handle it. A Raider T in Walnut Creek. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, Brick. Um, I wasn't planning on calling today, but you got me all fired up about all this Alex Weatherwood talk. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a Raider fan, you get your players back, you support them, you root for them until they give you a reason not to root for them, a la Antonio Brown or Trent Brown. So I'm happy. I think this guy's going to fit in perfectly. Um, I think you should get him on in an interview so the Raiders fans can hear him talk. And if you do, um, I got a message for him, and I got three things. Number one, don't listen to the handful of knuckleheads that always have something negative to say no matter what. 85 90% of Raider Nation has this guy's back and is happy to have him. Number two, play with a chip on your shoulder. You know what? These so-called experts always like to tear people down um, when somebody that they didn't have on their board Look at Colton Miller. Look at how good of a player he's turned into. So ignore the the noise from the so-called experts. Number three, Monday night against the Ravens, game Mm. one, where it's a national spotlight, you get a chance to show that you're the bully on the block. The Ravens have a reputation for being the bullies. Well, you go out there and you pile drive some guys, you pancake some guys, you show them who the real bully is, and you're a perfect Raider and a perfect pick for this year's draft. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thank you. And we'll have him on here shortly. Dan Land's kind enough to join us, former safety for the Silver and Black out of Albany State, Georgia, and had a nice run with the Raiders as a great overall player. Dan, I was really looking forward to this. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Couldn't be better. First off, tell me about your journey as a football player at a very young age, when you when you knew you had an opportunity to play in college at Albany State, when you had an opportunity to play at a young age, who around you was your mentor that said you could do it? Well, to be honest with you, uh, my, my college coach was, was up until I got to the pros my first year. And then I really didn't have a mentor until my third year in the league, which was with the Raiders in 89. And to be honest with you, Mr. A.I. Davis was my mentor. That's fantastic. Mr. Davis was the mentor of many Hall of Famers and many great players. What was that like? What was it like the first time you met Al Davis? Man, it, it was great. You know, when you, when you meet somebody, it, it's popular Mr. Davis and, and, and kind-hearted that Mr. Davis is and, and, and smart as he is. It's amazing. And then I had an opportunity to sit and talk with him about life itself. And we didn't just talk about football. We talked about life and um, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, uh, what kind of plans I have. And we went through the whole thing and uh, – he basically was a real good mentor for me. Dan Land is our guest. When you came in, because, you know, a lot of players, 
you want to get out of a situation in Tampa Bay and you come to the right. Raiders. How did that right. work? How did how did the process work when you got the phone call when you knew you'd have an opportunity with the silver and black? Well, it, it, it worked so perfect, man. I tell you, be honest with you, man, I was just blessed. I was in the right place at the right time. Uh, uh, when Mr. Davis called and said, listen, I want you to be a Raider. I want you to fly out and this and that. And I said, okay, no problem. And he said, you know, I wanted you when you came out of college, but you ended up signing with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He said, now I have an opportunity. I want you to fly out tomorrow. We'll sit down and talk. I mean, we sat and talked for hours. And uh, to be honest with you, he had a film. He had a high school film of me. At the time that we were sitting there talking, he said, turn around and look. I turned around and look. He had my high school film when I was playing defensive back. He said, well, I want you to be a defensive back. He said, I know you're a running back, but I want to change you over to defensive back because you're fast, you got long arms, and you're tall. He said, I've done Willie Brown like that. I've done other ones like that, and I want to do you the same way. And I said, whatever you want, Mr. David, I'm your man. Dan Land, kind enough to join us, courtesy of the M Resort Spa and Casino, where the Raider Nation hangs out. That's the official team hotel of the Silver and Black. So let's get to that. It's it's incredible to me, Dan, all the legends, former players that I talk to. I always ask him about Mr. Davis and what it was like. And I'm just shocked that he goes back. He went back to high school with you and several other guys. He, he'll, find, yeah. he'll find one play in some college <laughs> game that he remembers, and he has the video yeah. and the ability to show you. It does not, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. There weren't owners who could do that. Yeah, it, it just blew my mind. You you don't know any other owners that would even take the initiative to do anything like that. He wanted to make sure that if he's making, if he asking you to make a move, he want to show you you can do it. And he wants to give you every opportunity to, to be able to be successful in the in that position if that's what he wants you to do. And I mean, it was just it was just like unbelievable because I never thought about playing defensive back in the league. And just because of that move, I played ten years with him. Dan Land is our guest, former safety for the Silver and Black. Uh, one of the old players described it as I texted and told him I was having you on. He did everything for us, special teams, but also at safety. He was an exceptional special teams player that could really run well, very smart, great teammate, excellent locker room guy. What helped, What was? What attributed to that with you? You wanted to be around the guys. You wanted to pick up guys, and when you had an opportunity to play, you were ready. Man, I tell you what, it, it definitely was that because I had a lot of guys there to be able to mentor me while I was there in reference to learning the position, understanding the position, not just playing the position, but understanding the ins and outs of the position, the negatives and the positives of the position, you know. And I had a lot of great guys to come through there from Eddie Anderson, Alana Washington, Terry McDaniel, to Albert Lewis, then to run a lot. So I had so many mentors that came through there to help me along the way. And I think that was really a long gave me longevity at that position at safety because I had those guys there to help me a lot. Former Raider Dan Land, as we wrap it up, tell me about your transition into coaching and how big of a decision that was for you and your success as a coach. <laughs> it was a funny story. I, in, in 1998, I, was, I, was, I made it to the last cut, and um, Mr. Davis called me in the office and said, you know, Danny, call me Danny. He said, Danny, you know, we're going to release you because of numbers, but we're going to bring you back. He said, you have two more years left on your contract, so we're going to try to make sure you get that done. I said, Mr. David, uh, I just got an opportunity yesterday when I was released from the Auburn State University to want me to be the athletic director. He was like, oh, no, nah, you don't want to do that. You want to continue to play for me. I said, yes, sir, but I say, I'm thinking about after football. And he said, if that's what you want to do, Danny, I'll write a letter for you. And him, he got together, wrote a letter. I got the job that very next day. <laughs> 
incredible the impact that Mr. Davis had on your life. Uh, Dan, finally, what is it like to coach and mentor young kids who they're not going to make it, some of them in the NFL or play at the next level, but you have an opportunity to mold their future? Well, yeah. The, the good thing about that is that I have the experience and reference to it, and I've been through it. So when you guys think it just it just something that's just going to happen automatically because of who you are or what your name is, you have to let them know, no, you got to work hard at it. You got to work hard at this crap to be able to make it to the next level. You got to understand, you will be one of the best players in the world. You think they're just going to give that to you? You got to work at it. And those guys really don't look at it. They just look at the money and they look at it and say, well, you know, they did it. I can do it. I said, but that's a good thought. But at the same time, if you don't put the, the work in, you are not going to be able to do it. And being able to hang around kids and, and mentor kids and give them the roadmap to wherever they want to do. Uh, I think that is one of the most important things. That's why I stayed in education once I retired from the NFL. I wanted to be in education. I stayed in education so I can educate different students and different students about what they need to learn about athletics versus whatever career they want to pursue. This is fabulous. Finally, once a Raider, always a Raider. What did it mean for you to get that legacy brick from Mr. Davis, now Mark Davis, who owns the team? Hey, I tell you what, can you see me smiling? I've been smiling ever since. <laughs> I can hear that smile over the radio. So you, you probably have that in a prominent spot in your house, huh, or office? You, hey, as soon as you walk in my front door, it's displayed. My wife have a display trophy. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm outflanked by my daughter now because my daughter was an All-American track, she got stuff everywhere, mine in the middle. <laughs> it shows out so pretty. When are you coming out to Vegas? When are we going to see you out here? Well, I tell you what, as soon as possible, I've been getting letters and talking to some of the guys, and mm-hmm. we're trying to get together now to find out what game that we want to come to this year. And I think once we get that nailed down, I have your number now. I'll call you and let you know in advance when we come. In. Thanks for doing this, Dan. All the best. I really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it. Dan Land, a former safety for the Raiders, played for the Raiders, L.A. and Oakland from 89 to 97. And again, when I do my prep for these interviews, I talk to a couple of people in advance, what type of player he was and teammates, highly regarded as an all-out special teams player safety, loved his teammates, played his butt off. And those stories with Mr. Davis are pretty incredible. Brought to you by our friends at the M Resort Spawn Casino, If you're coming in from out of town, Raider Nation, the official hotel of the Silver and Black is the M Resort and Spa Casino where they have the Raiders Tavern and Grill, the Derek Carr Burger you can get, Charles Woodson's Intercept Wine, a great place to sit back and enjoy the Silver and Black. Let's face it, we haven't rushed the quarterback and we haven't turned the football over. I mean, those are two things if you want to be a good defense you have to do. We have not done it, and we think these three guys can help us do it. Absolutely. They brought in players ahead of time to do it. They got to do a better job, and there's new guys to back them up to fight for their jobs. Mike Mayock, JT, back with you as we continue on. Busy show. Gary Lawless at the top of the hour. Golden Knights win. I was jumping through my television watching that game last night. Big win for VGK. Eric Allen's been busy. The former six-time Pro Bowler, the semifinalist for the Hall of Fame. You see him everywhere. Go check out his interview with Coach Gruden at Raiders.com. I talked to him right after the schedule release recently and asked him about that first game against Baltimore. Do you want the toughest games early or later in the schedule? 
No, I wanted to splash early in the season because I knew my off-season training was going to be great, and uh, it gave me a chance. You're about 120, 125 days out to really focus in on whoever it was we're playing. So if you know we're playing the 49ers, and I know I'm going to be matched up with Jerry Rice, better believe me, JT, I'm working those 100 days on making sure he didn't catch that slant route in that first, you know, 15 plays and he didn't beat me deep so it really got your the the, the motor running and and uh really got you focused on who you're going to play and so excited you know to have that big giant opening on monday night or sunday night eric allen's our guest that's a very important point to me because in the era you played in was an era that you still played in the preseason but maybe didn't play the whole preseason. The era long before you, everybody played. You've talked to Bolitnikoff and the legends who played all six preseason games and had two-a-days. What do you think is going to happen this year, EA, coming off the pandemic, where non-playoff teams are going to have three preseason games this year? I hope that starting offenses and defense don't get shut down completely. These guys need some work. That's a great point, uh, JT, and I think it's going to – benefit those football teams that have been together that are some veteran uh, football teams on either side of the ball and have someone in the locker room to kind of guide a young team along and I think us in particular uh, defensively uh, we're so young but to have those established stars in those rooms and unique in Guacway in the defensive line room you know you have uh, Casey Hayward now in defensive back room that veteran leadership with those three preseason games and you know guys are not going to play a lot because you need to find a way to see what those reserves have, what those young players, those rookies have, if they're going to be valuable during the season. Because again, JT, this is the first time in history of football that they're going to play 17 games. So you have to manage the schedule. You have to manage the roster in a point where you don't have guys who are getting hurt. And then you have to really find out, what those young players are about in the regular season. So you're going to use these preseason games for these young players to try and get some reps, to try and get some game reps to see how they're going to pan out. So this preseason is going to be extremely important for two reasons. For like the Raiders, where you have a young team, you got to get these guys playing. You got to figure out if these guys were able to learn from last year, learn from their mistakes and be able to put, quality on the football field week one against the Ravens and then the backup guys you got to see if they have any juice if anyone's going to be able to help you know the pass rush out or be able to to hold up as the defensive tackle or the linebacker core that was banged up all year long JT we got to find out if these guys can really adapt to a new system we have a whole new defensive system that we need to install so a lot of moving pieces uh, for lots of teams, particularly the Raiders, uh, with these just three preseason games. Eric Allen's our guest, former six-time Pro Bowler. What a career with the Eagles, the Saints, and the Raiders. EA, I wanted to ask you about the Aaron Rodgers rumors because I think it's fascinating to me because if he doesn't stay in Green Bay, Denver feels like the perfect fit. He can go to Denver. They can move their quarterbacks out. They can move players, give up draft picks, and he would start, and they'd be really good. But – Oh, uh, the Las Vegas, the Raiders have, would possibly block. They would say, well, look, you know, we don't need him. We got Derek Carr, but we have to block like a game of chess. And then the Chargers are looking around in Kansas City going, are you kidding me? You got a lot of friends around the league, former players and media. What do you sense going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? 
Well, it, it's really a, a, a really difficult situation right now for the Green Bay Packers. I really do think Aaron Rodgers is ready to uh, depart the Green Bay Packers. And I'm not sure if it's all about them drafting um, Jordan Love last year. I think it's more about the communication or the lack thereof uh, with the Green Bay Packers over the past 10, 11 years. And I think he is ready to go. And, uh, you know, you heard the comments from this fantastic receiver at Green Bay talking about he supports Aaron Rodgers. He's really going to have to think about, you know, contract situations going forward. And I do think Denver Broncos are a perfect landing spot for a guy uh, like Aaron Rodgers. But just think about that, JT. He goes to the Broncos. We already have maybe the top quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes. The young quarterback in Justin Herbert is such a phenomenal, uh, great young player. And then we're going to have our guy, Carr, and then have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it just defensively, it, it, it couldn't get any tougher, you know, as far as. But I'm pretty sure every team around the league, outside of about three or four, has made those calls to the Green Bay Packers. And if you are a GM, you have to. If you don't have a Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson, you know, or, or one of these quarterbacks, like I said, it's, it's about four or five teams that don't make that call. Everyone else, you got to make the call, JT. It's just being professional, doing your job, figuring out kind of what's Aaron Rodgers really trying to do. And if you can go out and find some pieces like Aaron Rodgers to put him on your team, you got to do that. That's just doing your job. Wrapping it up with Eric Allen. Finally, when the schedule was released, already Tampa Bay saying that they feel like Brady has the best chance since his great undefeated regular season team with New England. Do you see it that way? I've never seen anything like it. It's never happened before, Eric, that every single player has come back and every coach. You know how rare that is, how hard it is to do. Do you think they look unbeatable, or do you think there will be great competition in the NFC? I think there's going to be some good competition. Uh, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I think when we talk talking about schedules and we look at them right now, they, you know, plan out to be maybe the fourth or fifth easiest schedule. That's before we start playing football games, JT. Mm-hmm. And again, you never know what those teams are going to do, but you have to have confidence in a football team that has won, that hadn't had the opportunity to really practice together because of COVID, because of the free agency situation. Now they're getting all 22 guys back, plus O.J. Howard, plus a Antonio Brown during training camp. He's going to be in the mix a little bit more. The offensive line has gotten better. Tom Brady is going to really dig down deep in that playbook and understand exactly what he needs to do uh, to be able to get the best out of the players around him. I think you have to bet on this football team being the representative of the NFC East. Now that Drew Brees has retired uh, in, in New Orleans, maybe look at Los Angeles Rams uh, because of their, their quarterback situation and their dominant defense. But right now, bringing all 22 back, plus coaches, plus O.J. Howard, plus Brown, I think right now this is the most dominant team in the National Football League right now, understanding that Tom Brady has about two or three more years of great football left in his body. We got a long, long season, me and you working together. We better get a lot out of this summer. Okay? 17, get JT. 17 plus the preseason's back, which I'm excited about. We got three preseason right. games. Enjoy yeah. it, my and friend. Plus the playoffs. And plus and the, the playoffs. From your mouth to Mark Davis's ears. I love it. Eric Allen, thanks for doing this. Take care, buddy. All right, take care, JT. Love talking to you, my man. Love talking to Eric Allen. I'm honored to work with him on game day. The great Eric Allen as we continue 
Brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town. Get ready Thursday night, Golden Knights action. Gary Lawless joins us next to talk about that epic victory last night. You don't want to miss it.